Welcome, everybody, in the Movie Guys Verse. This is Jordan here, part of Movie Guys Podcast. We wanted to say thank you so much for downloading this most recent episode. If you don't know what Movie Guys Podcast is, we are a new movie review show that is updated weekly. You can check us out at movieguyspodcast.com and also movieguyspodcast.podbean.com. Sit back and enjoy the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another awesome episode of Movie Guys Podcast. Tonight, we are talking about N. Night Shyamalan's second movie starring Bruce Willis, Unbreakable. This is Jordan, and I'm joined here like Eric and Ed. And Eric, how are you doing tonight? A lot better than Mr. Glass, I guess. This movie, um, like, so this was his follow-up, right, from uh, the success of The Sixth Sense, right? Yes. And he tried to enter the superhero world, and instead he came up with a with a guy whose superpower was that he breaks like a, well, you know what? So well, the, he was the bad guy. Yeah, yeah, sure, super villain power, I guess. But I don't know. You could think of a better uh, power than that, right? Yeah, I mean, how about the power to move you? Oh, there it is. Yeah. I, I did just pull the Nation's D reference. I did. I think it works. No, no. So we had talked about this after um, uh, what's the what's the movie Split? Yes. Yeah. We had talked about this that M Night wanted to do. I'm gonna call him M Night because we're, you know, he knows that. Sure. He wanted to do a superhero type of thing, and. That was he did Sixth Sense just because I think that was his, the the bread and butter that was his main story right, and then his whole idea was to kind of have this trilogy. But then there was the failures of um, Sony Pictures and Warner Brothers that were trying to do their superhero things, and it just came off really corny and cheesy, and it came up with mixed reviews, and it wasn't worth the risk for him to to do this whole new superhero movement, right? Am I am I anyone want to correct or add on to that? That's kind of You're- what M Night was going. I mean, the the only thing that I can say is I felt like maybe it was a little bit of a a deconstruction of the superhero that we that we know kind of sorta. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it was, this is I don't know. Jordan probably knows the history of this thing way better than I do. Yeah, I can get into the history before I talk about my personal history. Um, everything that M Night Shyamalan or his supporters have said about this superhero trilogy. It's just, it's just bullshit. Um, it's absolutely bullshit. He did not write Unbreakable and then also had an idea for Split and Glass. Um, he had no intention of making a trilogy or a sequel. Uh, I don't care what he says. Just like when Toy Boy George Lucas said, Oh, I always intended to make nine movies. No, no, you didn't. You, you kind of yeah. didn't, though. Yeah. Um, he's just saying that now because Split was successful. So that's why he's saying, and that's why we're getting glass because if it wasn't for glass, if it wasn't for split, then glass would not be around. Uh, if it was not successful, that is what I believe is true only because in my rant, I have not found any conclusive evidence on the internet that he actually planned this out back in 1999, 2000. This trip. Well, 
according to Entourage, the dude's the most secretive dude in all of Hollywood. So if there were to be somebody that would, and I, I'm just going on Entourage here, so might not be any kind of facts at all, but it would be him who would be the most, you wouldn't, you, it'd be this guy that you would have no idea what his plans were. To rebut you just for a second, Jordan, if he never intended on making a third one, yeah, why would David Dunn have been in Split? Thank you. So um, let's all agree that M. Notch, that that M. Night's career has been pretty much dog shit, right? I, I, it has seen some success. It has been a roller coaster of a ride. His first three movies out the gate were very hugely successful and critically praised. Which success. were? Which were? Well, yeah. we're, we're forget. We, wait a minute. We're forgetting about Wide Awake, the great Rosie O'Donnell film. That was his second movie. Playing, okay. with, playing with Anger was number one. So uh, Wide Awake was number two. Unbreakable so, was number three. So somebody has his IMDb trivia out. Uh, uh, no, my I, I, au contraire, they made me watch that movie in theology class when I was in high school back in 2005. Hell, Thank I, you. The, the, the layman would say that it goes six cents, unbreakable signs, right? Exactly. Now, I would like to add that before you chime in, Eric. Uh, Ed, look, uh, everybody knows Cameron's, James Cameron's movie career. Nobody's going to agree that Piranha 2, The Spawning, is his first film. Who gives a fuck? This first film's Terminator. That was just the way to get going. So let's just move on, shall we? So, oh, so he now had, we're arguing facts this week. When last week, when we knew we fucking reviewed a movie, and it's oh, somehow gone. Oh, 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 oh. Now let me finish. Oh, oh. God damn did that, it! Did that work? I think it so. did. He barked me. He barked me to the point of shutting up. Well, floor is yours. Go ahead. Yeah. I'm just trying to say, like Eric just said, the the big three, the original three, was. Six Sense, Unbreakable, and Signs. After that, he did The Village, which, oh, god damn, bad. That was, um, uh, yeah. yeah, that was uh, where he started to to really cement the yeah. what a twist director. Yes. And, and yes. really kind of fit into that, that everything's going to be, uh, have a twist ending. Absolutely. If you shit on Lady in the Water, Jordan, I'm going to punch you through our our lives our live screen just that's fine that. i'll shit on it for you yeah uh, you yeah, all shit on it eric i have uh, talked for a while so eric you can take this over but let me say my few sentences very quick the reason why laying the water is his worst movie worse than last hour bender worse than the happening and worse than after earth is because it's such pretentious fucking douchebaggery because leading the water is literally Jesus and the twelve disciples, and M Knight is starring as one of the disciples. Ed, go, uh, Eric, go ahead and take that over, please. You know, I I feel like this is kind of some weird M Knight's version of Shape in the Water, you know, or Shape of Water. It, it's just kind of like this. Some uh, I just don't. Everything about it, it was well acted, and that's what bothered me because <laughs> acting on that uh, on such. Hi to you, Paul Giamatti, obviously fantastic actor, right? But sure. the the role is so ridiculous where he's like doing that that gasping thing the entire time. It's like you do it so well, and I hate that. So don't do that again because and it just, I didn't like his character. I didn't feel for anything the way that it moved, the way that it paced. It, I I didn't care about any. I, you know, but that's that's preference. That's and then the the whole uh, um 
in the water and the, those grass beasts. Okay, now we're talking about M Night and not yeah. Sure. yeah. Let's, let's go. Let's go into Unbreakable. But you, but you know what I mean? It's it started to get really silly with the characters, with the with the enemies, those those grass beasts, right? And you you're, have to stay you, off. Okay, am you're I both wrong. Much? You're both wrong, and I hate you both. Let's move to Unbreakable. Fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. Bear with me just real quick. I'm not going to take long, trust me. But I do want to say one thing before we get into Unbreakable real wife. quick. Is that his last movie uh, before his revamp uh, would be After Earth. I say that if you two have not seen The Visit, check it out. It is a POV film. It's an amazing film. And that's why I want to talk about Unbreakable because M. Night Shyamalan is better when he's independent. And that is what Unbreakable is compared, in my opinion, to The Sixth Sense. So what was the fact that the last three of his films have all – or two? Three? Two. Well, he had The Visit. Fourteen have all been independently funded by, by yeah. him. Yeah. By so, him and his production studio, blah, blah, blah. Sure, sure, I mean, sure. Yeah. But he's better independent. He's – He's not good when it comes to big Hollywood films. He's good with small budget and a big actor. Hence, James McAvoy and Split and also Bruce Willis and Samuel Jackson and Unbreakable. Because right. <coughs> who else is in Unbreakable besides Sam Jackson and uh, Bruce Willis? Unchain really? the man. Uh, you know what uh, I mean? Robin White. Or right. Robin Wright. Yes, that's, that's, that's right. I'm trying to think about that before yeah. I say it. So. That's White. <laughs> so Robin White. Unbreakable. Wawa <laughs> wawa. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm done. Go ahead. Yeah. So, um, security guard David Dunn, played by Bruce Willis, for Unbreakable. Here, he is a superhero, kinda. Accidental, he, unknowing. Yeah, knowing that knowing that he just can't. Uh, he can't die essentially he just he just can't die i mean like he's uh the movie opens up with him surviving um uh one of the trains that actually derailed killing 131 passengers and he was the only survivor sustaining no injuries at all now during this time though in 1960 i'm sorry back in uh back in the past in 1961 elijah price is born with a rare disease that his bones are extremely fragile and prone to fracture. He grows up and becomes a comic book dealer and also known as Mr. Glass. So the reason why I set that up real quick is clearly this is not the Avengers. <laughs> so, so I will go with Ed on this question first here. Uh, do you want, Ed, a realistic superhero movie, if I say realistic? Well, I don't know if I've said it on the show or, or I've told you in private. The one of the if i had my dream of being a filmmaker right if that was if that was my dream one of the movies i would have wanted to make in once i made it big blah 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 you know storybook ending would have been to have made something along the lines of a realistic superhero movie one where the guy is middle-aged or older in his 50s he doesn't have anybody to replace him. He's old and he's fat and a new threat comes up and he has nobody's help because all his buddies have abandoned him or been killed. 
and he's got nothing. He's got nothing to do. He, he has, or excuse me, he he has nothing, but the, he has to go out and fight this new big bad guy who's half his age. So die hard. That's <laughs> well, no, but but the reason I'm saying that is because I've always liked the idea of a. I, I, we everybody in the movie guys versus knows I love comic books. I love superheroes, and I've always liked the idea of a realistic one. Uh, that's why I liked Hancock so much because that's kind of mesmes realistic to a certain degree. Death Wish. Yeah, yeah. That's more that's yeah. vigilante. That's nice. <laughs> right. You know, uh, the Punisher, Frank Castle. I mean, you know, you, 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 I always like those kinds of things. So, so yeah, Jordan, to answer your question. I did like the idea of a realistic-ish superhero. What about you, Eric? Same question. Did you like this idea? Oh, shit. What was that movie with um, Chloe Grace Moretz where she was a hit girl? Uh, uh, Kick-Ass. Kick-Ass, yeah. yeah. So uh, something like that. Uh, uh, like, it works, you know? This this kind of uh, realistic kind of thing. Although that was obviously very exaggerated based off comic book, and there was – what RPGs that were involved in that? Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah. So, you know, something like that. Uh, but I had made mention to this before when we had talked about it in, uh, during split is, uh, the TV show of, of misfits, which is, I think is on, on Hulu right now. And it's more of like a, a teeny show, but they did, um, this concept kind of, a, a really, well, they did it just, that was a just, they, they did a really cool concept where, everyone was going through a life situation or whatever you were going through in your life situation. Uh, there was like this radioactive cloud. We have no idea what the hell, where it came from, whatever. It just came by and just gave, zapped everybody and gave everyone powers. So, you know, continue watching to find out more. But uh, whatever you were going through, you were given a power that reflected your, your position in life at that mm. moment. So, uh, um, the guy Ewan, uh, who plays uh, Ramsey Bolton in, in Game of Thrones, he's in the show. Like he's he's a very introverted kid, very shy, you know, always in the corner, kind of like a you know fucking Hobbit type, and like that. So he could turn invisible, so because he felt he was invisible, right? Sure. Uh, there was another guy who was like a uh, all all star, like track and field, like just you know big star potential going to go places you know mm -hmm. um but he got he was just in the wrong place at the wrong time and it, it sucked he got busted by because he was at a party cops came in and arrested him and he lost everything his scholarships and everything and so he just is living in regret and wishes he could just go back in time and just fucking so he could uh his power is that he could slightly go back in time just to you know whenever a moment that he thinks or has deep regret for he goes back to that moment where he can change it so, you know, you know, those moments where you're just like, oh, fuck, if I wish I could just, oh, I just went back there and just turned right and set mm -hmm. up or something like that. Well, he, he could do it. He'll go back in time real quick and do that. So interesting concepts like that, you know. That's pretty cool. Okay. Uh, I appreciated that. Now, this movie, Unbreakable, when it was introduced to us, this whole real term thing, they didn't give us a whole lot of answers here. We had a lot more questions. And so everyone was just like, what, what the hell is this shit you're trying to pull, M. Night? I'm not on board. We didn't get an answer until Split came out, right? And we got a yep. bit more of what was going on. Mm -hmm. So, which then leads me to think that maybe it was planned the whole time. But no, no, but no. no. I mean, I mean, his he's basing his he's he's giving me a foundation to once again, Jordan, 
explain to you why you're wrong just because you have an opinion doesn't make it right. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that I'm not saying that I'm right. I'm just telling you is that I I studied film in college for Christ's sakes. I have a fucking very expensive piece of paper. Yes, that's pretentious for me to say. Yep. Um mm-hmm. that says yeah. that I know fucking film and I'm telling you that just like Boy Toy Lucas, you did not come up with this. You made a movie called Star Wars. It wasn't called A New Hope when it originally came out. You didn't know it was going to be successful, and it was. And then you made the sequel. So, well, there is evidence that George Lucas did want to make more movies, but didn't know if he was going to be able to get funded. That's why he ended it the way he did. Open ended enough to where it was satisfactory, but still had an ability for a sequel. My thing is, who I the guess. hell cares? Like. <laughs> Who the hell cares? It, it not uh, more often than not, when a writer has a saga, they they write ending first, right? J.K. Rowling did mm-hmm. it with her. She wrote down the uh, the secret at the end of Deathly Hollows on a she said like on a bus, right? On a route on a route to work, mm-hmm. and she started with that, and she worked backwards. Um, um, George R. R. Martin had, had done the same thing, where he had a general idea of what was going to be or what he wanted an ending to be and then built off of that. But obviously his world building was, I don't know, was he taking acid or something? Jesus. This part. <laughs> he, he feeds off the tears of his, of his readers. I always say that, like, I don't, you know, it's a weird thing to say that, you know, but like that world is so, is so fucking huge. Like I, you know, you see one map and you realize there's way more. And then uh, anyway, I'm going off on a rant, but like, <laughs> this is, uh, this is kind of in the same realm of world building. That's you're you're establishing roles and characters, and I mean, this is ho- hopefully we get to see more of it, right? Well, I, obviously we will on Friday. Sure. Yeah. Well, there is one thing that I want to say about uh, this interesting theory about Unbreakable. Uh, there is a fan theory. Everybody can look it up now if you go to Google. Just type in Unbreakable Orange Man theory. Uh, the Orange Man, who was the actually in the movie, he was a janitor at the railway station in Philadelphia, and he's the guy that essentially uh, turns uh, David Dunn into the superhero, right? He uh, he gets his rain suit, and he becomes uh, Batman, essentially, right? Uh, but there is this Orange Man theory that I've been reading that uh, that the Orange Man was actually one of the split personalities of James McAvoy. Ooh, okay. That would be fun. Yeah. Well, See again, this is this is world building where you're able to go back and, and reference old things when you, uh, you know. So this is was, was this all planned? I what don't know. A, what, but what, a that, you know. what a twist! What a twist! So we got to talk about David Dunn a little bit more here. Uh, the super suit, I guess, uh, is just a raincoat. I, I also find that interesting because. If this happens in real life, it's a poncho. It's all, yeah, it's like a poncho. It's weird. I mean, like, how would this happen? You know, it's just it's very interesting um, that he is wearing that. That M Knight decided that this is how he's going to wear a super suit uh, without a big S on his chest or a cape and cowl, just um, just a slicker essentially. Everyday wear, man. Everyday wear. You know what? Um, you know, hmm. maybe he's saying that the real heroes. Mm. Are the utility workers and the you know the security people, uh, and you know they don't get enough thank yous, and this movie's about them. 
This movie's about yeah. the, the janitors who clean up, and this movie's about you know the garbage men who do the dirty work. You know, thank you. And then and, and, and where ponchos in the rain. And then uh, have uh, fight to the death battles with the orange man. Indeed. Yes, indeed. indeed. Can, can we just say like, okay, so there could be like they could have multiple superpowers, right? Because David Dunn not only did he find out that his super ability to never take a sick day also goes along with touching, like the the the, the you know to farsight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah, he, he touches that guy with the gun, and he's like, he all of a sudden knows he's got a gun. Yeah, he can, yeah. you know, do some. So, he, so he's like one of those uh, seers from Minority Report. It, it may be accurate. He doesn't know. He doesn't see that far into the future, but something's gonna happen. He's more like what's his hell's his name? Bill Paxton from Frailty. Because every time he touches somebody, yeah. he, he only sees the demons. God bless you, Bill Paxton. Oh, man, can we tie that the fucking? Oh, M. Night, please, if you're <laughs> hearing this right now, get Matthew McConaughey on board. No, he'd be dead. Get, uh, no, no, he'd be alive in there, right? He was the main character. Bill Paxton would be dead. Get Matthew McConaughey, get on board, say, hey, listen, frailty, part, I wrote it. We, he's part of it all along. This is now yep. uh, no longer a trilogy. It's, it's a series. Frailty. Just wanted, just, wanted, just wanted to pause real quick. Jordan, just throwing this out there just because I can, and I love the fact that I'm about to do this to you. I'm, I'm citing something from 2001 called The Making of Unbreakable. So from 2001, to shove your pretentious uh, film degree up your bunghole, Here it, goes. Uh, it, it was uh, always designed, quote, when M. Night Shyamalan conceived the idea for Unbreakable, the outline had, had a comic book traditional three-part structure, the superhero's birth, his struggles against the evildoers and the hero's ultimate battle against the arch enemy. Unquote. That's from being 2001 cited from owned Walt Disney, Walt Disney studios. So. Um, Eric, I do hundred percent apologize. This is not called in the ring. This is uh, movie guys podcast. There's a different show here calling in the ring. Ed and I always like to measure our dick sizes. I always end up bigger but um, I will have to go ahead and just say my piece on this so we can move on with our show. Um, you just said in a quote from a 2001 book about how they made Unbreakable is that he wanted to do a three-part structure from a beginning, middle, and an end. That he did, you didn't say that he was making three fucking movies. He didn't say that he wrote three fucking stories. He said he wanted to write a comic book movie about the beginning, the middle, and the end. That's what you fucking said. Not where, anywhere in that fucking sentence did you fucking say that there was three fucking movies. Can so what, what, what fans of the movie guys verse know, don't know that fans of Called in the Ring do know is that Jordan's middle name is semantic because he likes to argue them so much and take semantics as facts as opposed to what they are, which is semantics. Eric, you never uh, Eric, you're never um, around us with calling the ring. Do you have an opinion on this so we can move on with <laughs> Do you have a do you have a who wins here or do you just want to move on here? I mean, I just want to know. I'm muted I mean, the entire time. That's fine. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, we'll just no, go with you, you put it, not muted. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 
Move, move it on, boys. Let's, let's go. Yeah, okay, yeah. let's move on. So let's talk about Mr. Glass. Uh, what a very good evil villain. I actually like this idea of a guy's bones that are so fragile that they would break. Uh, how many bones? 97 breaks he said he had? Something like that. I mean. Yeah. And he owns a comic book shop. And in a nutshell, there's more depth to the character of Samuel Jackson's Mr. Glass. But in a nutshell, he owns a comic book store because he's always been on the lookout for his superhero because mm -hmm. he believes he's the supervillain. He's looking for his nemesis. So we have someone who kind of fits this bill that we had, we had established the split. This is why it was so ridiculous because you just have like this obsessive character for no reason. Uh, and it's just like, well, what, what, you know, okay, you're born with this, whatever the hell it is. And that's just, but then we kind of get this glimpse and split that the human mind is so powerful and that the, the whole reason why we are having uh, the possibility of these superheroes is because you believe it so well enough that you eventually become it, right? Mm -hmm. that, that the human mind can just kind of do that. And so this kind of supports this theory of him being supervillain because he believes it so much and where it's just consumed his life. He's obsessed, right? Aside from it being well-read, well-educated, mm -hmm. and just he knows his next step of what he's doing. Obviously, he's a terrorist. So um, for him to be... I guess taking on this villain character is just there's more to it, and I'm glad that we get a, a movie that's going to explain everything. Hopefully, do Eric, Eric, do you feel that Mister Glass is probably one of the top 100 greatest comic book villains of all time? Oh God, no! What the you know? No, <laughs> no, no, God, no! It's uh, well, you know what? I I should eat, I should stop that right now, and I'll tell you after I see the movie. Because well, you know, he might pull some some dirty shit, but <clears throat> you have basically just a butthurt comic book shop guy who's putting bombs on trains. That's that's trying, yeah, trying to find his arch enemy. Yeah, trying to find a guy who possibly survived a train however many years ago by killing a whole bunch of other people. So I'm not down with that. That seems like a pretty bitch move. Um, you know what I mean? Like like Riddler was a bitch too. He never killed anybody, but at least he you know. He he did some shit, you know. Mm -hmm. This guy just, I you know, he's, it's, he he left of, just enough room for Batman to always thwart him. Well, it's you know, you because you need to solve the riddle, right? Yeah, it's that's what every good puzzle has is to have. You have to be able mm -hmm. to solve the puzzle. So that was his yeah. psychotic little breakdown, which is why we all liked him, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and Eric, I'll agree with you a hundred percent that you know, Glass up until this point is just a guy who his mom bribed him with comic books to go outside because as we know we're as soon as we're we're introduced opening the movie to you know them thinking that they you know he was born and they you know somehow broke his arms and his legs yeah so that's why he even says that you know he's uh the kids at school call him call him mr glass or call him glass because he breaks stuff all the time and when he's getting a when he's feeling out uh, David Dunn, Bruce Willis, he, he falls down the steps at the stadium and breaks like 12 different bones in his body or something like that. Oh, God, it's such a hard fall, too. Oh, but man, he, like I just yeah. said, that, that thing that just shot up my back right there, you know? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. But oh. we also get the reveal that that David Dunn was right, that, that sensory touch he had, yeah. that he was right, the dude had a gun. So that's where he confirms 
what his belief to be is he's found his his exact opposite, which is what he wants. Hmm. Okay. All right. So uh, another interesting question I had for you guys is David Dunn. Do we really know 100% what his superpower is? Because, like, you know, he survives a train, uh, train derailment, a train crash. But uh, during the fight of the Orange Man, he's about to drown because he can't swim. And he's survived and he's saved by children. So could he have drowned? I mean, he's um, – oh, what's a word that I could use? Undamageable? Unbreakable? Uh, uh, un, uh, you know – Vulnerable, uh, in, invulnerable, invulnerable, uh, like what? Invulnerable, yeah. yeah, like what are some things? I don't know. I don't know what you could call it. Could you just call it unbreakable? Oh yeah, you had said that. Yeah, I guess we could go with unbreakable. <laughs> unbreakable seems like a good thing to call him. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't sure. mean he doesn't mean he's immortal. It just means that he's not breakable. Yeah, he's un he's unbreakable right there. So. Right there. <laughs> I was just asking if you guys thought that he could actually die. That's just my question. Could he actually die, not just of old age? That's all. Well, um, that his power. Because we'll see if they they have to if they're gonna go with superhero laws. But who knows? Maybe we'll get some new ones because um, oftentimes every superhero has a weakness. Every villain has a weakness, whether it be your. Uh, your kryptonite or magic or whatever it may be. Uh, or saying your full name, you turn back to yourself for the first time in three years. <laughs> from Split. That was, yeah, that was Split. That's his, <laughs> that's his kryptonite. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so there are obviously something. Uh, yeah, exactly. Like, what the hell, Mr. Glass? Drink some fucking milk, man. Two <laughs> percent or two percent or whole it's milk. It's got to be whole milk. He, need, he needs some calcium. Yeah, he needs to, to get a real fresh you know but, would it be funny if he always had a glass of milk with him on his wheelchair that'd be kind of funny i'd be done with that man that'd be right. yeah, it'd be creepy we gotta yeah i'm actually really excited to talk about glass next week um i'm i'm excited to see how this trilogy is gonna go uh the trailers came out a long time ago months and um i don't know how they're gonna do this because i don't remember david dunn being sent to a mental hospital well, they're gonna. I'm sure they're gonna explain it to you somehow. Yeah. So the, and and the split, he's he's must have got off a shift at work, you know. So or he's getting ready to go to work or something, eating breakfast. I don't know. Oh, well, I wonder I if he started to do some do some superhero shit and got busted or was just yep. there and he tried to explain to them and they're just there. You yeah, go. You're, 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 crazy. you're you're one flew over to cuckoo's nest. That's exactly what I think. Get into our little theory here. Um, I think the movie is going to start with him going mano a mano against the beast. And, you know, I think the movie's going to open. You said. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Like, I think that the movie is going to start with the beast because in the trailers, you have these like a group of cheerleaders, like three or four cheerleaders. Um, I think the movie's going to start with the beast going after the cheerleaders. And then I think that uh, David Dunn's going to come in and try to save them because there is a couple shots of him around the cheerleaders. And then it's going to be this uber fight. The cops are going to come, arrest them both, and then I think the rest of the movie is going to be into the mental institution. I think the biggest action we're going to get is in the first 15, 20 minutes. Yeah, and then save I think the it's going to save the world. go down after that. That's what I think. I, I'm excited. Well, we'll, we'll see. I, we'll see. 
I, I I'm, I'm excited to see more of it because even if we get into popcorn ratings, I still did not like this movie. Like, oh, really? Yeah. Like, okay. Um, as far as the superhero concept, I'm on board with it. The way this movie was done, I'm not on board with it. Uh, with a few different things because I don't know shit about the characters. And I never got that. That's what bothered me about this. Okay, popcorn ratings, everybody. Uh, yeah, fucking, popcorn rating. If, if 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 I have to give it one, it's a small bag. Otherwise, you know what? I probably would get none. I'm I'm okay with not seeing this movie ever again. Uh, wow. I'll, I, here's the thing: certain parts I liked, certain parts I didn't. Okay, and I the parts I didn't, there was a lot more of those than the parts that I liked. I don't like what bothers me. Jesus, when you're when just say a fucking word to your wife. Just one word. Just say a one thing. When this woman's like breaking down in front of you, talking about like how much you know she loves you and shit like that, or just just say just something. Like you know, it was just those, those scenes were hard to watch, and I don't really know why we needed to see them. Mm-hmm. Because it didn't add to anyone's character. It just made we already knew that this guy was quiet loner. And now I just get that he's a neglectful husband. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I I I, I don't know. I, I felt like a lot ah. of the scenes were unnecessary. That's just me. It's a personal opinion. It doesn't mean shit. That's just that I didn't I didn't like it. And that's the that's the major theme. There are two major themes to M Night Shyamalan movies. No motive. Uh, no no motive. Oh, well, I guess three. No motive. An attempt at or a twist somewhere in it, and the fact that his movies could have been told in thirty minutes and the rest were filled with fluff. Yeah, thank you. And that I mean that's M Night Shyamalan in a nutshell. And that's his movie. And, uh, yeah, it's it, yeah. And I listen. I like this movie. I really do. I think, as per most M Night Shyamalan movies, it you know it just it, it could have been this thirty minutes or less. This movie could have been a TV episode. Um. With that being said, I mean, I, it's the first original thing, and it's, granted it was 20 years ago, but it was the first original idea that anybody had had, and I think it's one of the last, maybe there have been maybe 10-ish movies we've talked about that had original ideas in the last 20 years. Can y'all think of any? Can, really? Can y'all think of any? For original ideas, I don't, no, I don't think Happy Death Day was, right? <laughs> but, you, but you get my point. Yeah, you get my, you, you get yeah, my point. Course, I mean, so I, I gave him an A for an effort. He tried to be original. I think the originality worked, but he's just not. He he, he made he made three good movies, one okay movie, and everything else has been shit. Yeah. Not split though. No, sick. The Sixth Sense was good. The thing, and another thing about M Night Shyamalan movies, you only have to watch them once. If you watch, if you watch them, if you watch them more than once, they, they there's no need. Because you 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 get the twist. Signs was great. Uh, Sixth Sense was great, and I liked. And I uh, going back on it. I like Split. I the only reason I hated Split, if y'all remember back in the review, was because it was because it was an unbreakable sequel. It's the only reason I hated it, and it's in our archives. So it's I, I you know so that I have to put that back into the great category. Unbreakable's good. Everything else is shit. Okay. So um, I give this a medium bag, I guess, if we're doing that. A medium bag mm-hmm. and a no bag from Eric. Um, in college, short and sweet here, I was a freshman in the University of Toledo, 
in 2005. And there was two movies that every film student just nutted over. One of them I absolutely despise and I don't understand. And the other one is Unbreakable. The other movie was Boondock Saints. Oh, yeah. There, yeah, I never got it. I, I've seen it probably six times. Um, I don't get why people like uh, Boondock Saints, but my freshman year of college, everybody watched Boondocks or this movie. So I, I enjoyed this movie. Um, anything that Bruce Willis is in, I will watch. I love him in Death Becomes Her. It's one of my favorite guilty pleasure movies from the 90s. Uh, but uh, it's just... My wife wanted to see this really bad. I said, eh, watch it by yourself. I've already seen it last week. You know? So I agree with you, Eric. Um, but I'm going to I'm gonna go crazy, and, and I'm just going to give it a small. Small bag of popcorn. It's okay. Um, if you're a fan of superheroes and a fan of the superhero genre, this is definitely something to check out. But we want you guys in the Movie Guys first to check out something as well. Ed, where can they find some awesome beer at? Uh, inside the cellar. Uh, you know, they're, they're a great company. Um, they, you know, what they'll do is they, they tell you what to pair alcohol with. They'll send it right to your door to subscribe. You know, they can buy alcohol, um, you know, and definitely, definitely check out Broken Skull IPA, uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin. The, yes, the professional wrestler, his beer. But the dude, it made a career out of drinking beer and knows what he's doing when he puts his name on a label. So uh, definitely check out Inside the Cellar. Uh, you know, got to be 21. Obviously, we don't want anybody underage drinking. We want you to drink responsibly. So uh, it's definitely one of the best places on the Internet to, to check out some beer, learn about things you, you, you maybe never knew and go to your maybe, you know, try things that you, know, you think you necessarily wouldn't have otherwise. And make sure to check out movieguyspodcast.com and movieguyspodcast.podbean.com. This episode and many others, you can download our show at uh, iTunes, on Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Just search for Movie Guys Podcast. So thank you so much, everybody, for listening to our little hype episode here leading up to Glass next week. We'll be back next Thursday, like always, for another awesome episode of Movie Guys Podcast. Have a good night.